Alhamdulillah, respected brothers and sisters and honorable listeners, we're continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. And these 40 hadith, basically, they are the fundamentals and the absolute essentials. And every hadith in this book is basically a fundamental principle in Islam. Something that every Muslim should know and every Muslim should live by. And why these fundamentals are important is because if your foundation is weak, you go ahead in your life, past you know, your adult age, past your mature age, and you get into situations and you get into predicaments in life that not knowing those fundamentals can really have a detrimental effect on your life. I'll give you an example. Today, a sister called me out of nowhere from a shelter. She's in a shelter. So I kept getting this call, and I, I, I want, I'm mentioning this story so that we understand the importance of fundamentals, because some people, when we talk about like, you know, things that are the foundational things of Islam, say, ah, I heard this, been there, done that, and then what happens is like, you know, give me stories about what color was the dog of Ashab al-Kahf. You know, how many gateways does Jannatul Firdaus have? And how many trees, what's the, you know, names of the scientific names of the trees in paradise? And like, don't worry about that. You know, like, these are fundamental things that as teachers in the community, we have to kind of, you know, discuss and establish these matters. So she calls me from this shelter. And she says, um, I just want to know that, you know, my husband gave me three divorces. My husband gave me three talaqs, and you know, he also, not only did he give three talaqs to me, then he calls my brother, and he leaves a voice message giving three talaqs to my brother to make him a witness. And then he comes back and says, no, you're crazy. Uh, uh, I said, well, you're haram for me. I can't live with you anymore. The sister knows the deen better than the man, and he says, no, no, this is, uh, you know, it's actually uh, uh, three is one, and then another three is two, and then another three, nine talaqs. I said, have you ever read the Quran before? The Quran says, At-talaqu marratan, fa-imsaakum bima'roof, aw tasrihum bi-ihsan, fa-in talaqaha, fa-la tahillu lahu hatta tankiha zawjan ghayra. Quran, this Quran is Kareem, this Surah Al-Baqarah, there's no arguing in this matter. So my point is, they're now in this predicament. She's in a shelter. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him. They have three kids. They've been married for 10 years. All because of what? All because of this fundamental thing. This is, and as an imam, I'm reluctant to even speak about this. I remember I spoke about this 10 years ago. Let me tell you this. And I said this. I said, you got three bullets in the chamber. It's not, a, it's not, it's not rocket science. Let me tell you, when you get married, you get a gun. The gun has three bullets. You shoot one, two, three, it's not three is one and, you know, you shoot one, two, three, it's gone. Your, your gun is empty and you kill the person in front of you. Is, is that difficult to understand? So, I mean, I said that, I'm never going to give that lecture again because I just saw like 50 faces in the crowd. <gasps> they just went like this. Literally, I just saw like a whole bunch of faces and they went like pale. Like you could literally see the effect of what I said in what I said. 
So those are the, I mean, these are fundamentals and foundational things that, you know, and I know people who know this mas'ala, you know what they'll do? Because we, I mean, we work in the Sharia Council as well. We know people who know this mas'ala. They will torture their wife and they said, I'm never going to say it to you. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, when you know it, he's like, he holds it like a hammer over her. Like, I'll never give it to you. Go and do whatever you want to do. And she knows. Like, I'm saying from the other aspect, which is not right, but I'm saying is people who know the mas'ala, they know that a woman can never ever be <laughs> discharged. She can never be done with until he utters the word because it's mu'allaq to him. And that's why these women go, for example, to court. They get, you know, they, they go to the mahkamah. They go to the sharia council. They go to everywhere they need to go to. Obviously, that's also a type of oppression and it's not permitted. But I'm saying as people who know and they know the effect of it, that responsibly, that your, the, the, the tie between a husband and wife is mu'allaq by these words. This is a fundamental principle in deen. Another person, literally, I mean, I'm just like, the calls, I don't even want to answer them. So then she's like, I want you to come sit down and explain it to him. I said, I'm not a judge and I'm not a qadi. And do you know what this is? This is America. The, advi the, the words of an imam is advice. We have no legal bearing. We have no authority to implement anything on anybody. My word is not even a fatwa. All I can do in the extent of what I can give you is advice. And usually what he's saying, he doesn't want any advice. So please don't, you know, complicate matters more than they are. Anyways, long story short, the matter is that these fundamental points, Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah wrote this, that in our Islamic education, in our learning of our deen, being able to recite the Qur'an, being able to know a certain amount of Qur'an, being able to know a certain amount of hadith, knowing some words of wisdom that the Prophet taught, knowing your fiqh, knowing certain levels of you know, Islamic law in your, in your everyday life, this is indispensable. Why? In just a serious, serious matter like this, which involves children. It involves your life. It involves... So, I mean, this matter is not a fiqhi matter. But this matter is a fundamental. And you can see, inshallah, when we're going to be discussing this, it has nothing to do with the matters of like, you know, marriage or divorce or talaq or anything. But the thought just came to my mind that people usually ask, why you talk about, you know, why you're reading something so fundamental? Because it's, these fundamentals are more important than knowing how many leaves are on the trees of Jannah or you know, things like, I don't know what people are into nowadays. Like, is there a quantum universe? Is there multi-universe? Where in the Quran does it say about dinosaurs? Like, if you were to die to not know that answer, I mean, life goes on. They're not going to ask you in the Qabr about whether, where in the Quran does it talk about dinosaurs? I promise, I promise. Munkar and Nakir will not be disappointed if you don't know about dinosaurs from the Quranic perspective. You understand what I'm saying? Or quantum universe, or you know, whatever else things that people are into, right? Whether Mi'raj happened on a spaceship or was it in a UFO? Like, it's not gonna be one of the questions. I don't wanna disappoint you, but like, sorry, right? But, you know, your mu'amalat, your dealings with other human beings, and these issues that we're gonna be talking about with these fundamentals, that Imam al-Nawawi in the 40 hadith, he's mentioning, it's, it's a very, very serious 
matter and topic. With that being said, Imam Abu Dawood says about this hadith, this hadith constitutes one-fourth of Islam. This hadith constitutes one-fourth of Islam, yani a large portion of Islam. Right. And he says, مِنْ حُسْنِ إِسْلَامِ الْمَرْءِ تَرْكُهُ malayani." From the perfection and from the beauty of a person's Islam is that he should leave that which does not concern him. This is from the Jawami al-Kalim. It is from the comprehensiveness of the prophetic speech. Meaning that it's Al-Fadhuhu qalila wa ma'anihi kathira. Al-Fadhuhu qalila wa ma'anihi kathira. That the words are very few, but the meanings are immense. From the beauty and from the perfection of a person's Islam, part of it and the beauty of his Islam is what? That he should leave those things that does not concern him. He should leave those things and avoid those things that has no benefit in it for him. Now, what is it that benefits a person? The way I wanted to read, Mullah Ali Qari rahimahullah says, ثُمَّ alam." أَنَّ الَّذِي يَعْنِ الْإِنسَانِ مِنَ الْأُمُورِ مَا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِضَرُورَةِ حَيَاتِهِ فِي مَعَاشِهِ That know that the things that benefit a person, first and foremost, that which you are in need of in your worldly life. Your work, your business, your school. This is something which is really, really important. مِمَّا يَعْنِهِ What is it? مِمَّا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِضَرُورَةِ حَيَاتِهِ that which is connected to the necessities of his life, his work, right? That which will fill his stomach and that which will quench his thirst and that which will you know, guard his private parts, marriage, seeking marriage, traveling for the sake of marriage or discussing the matters of marriage or having family gathering regarding marriage or being involved in these type of umur, these are things which are darura of hayat. This is yani. This is not la yani. This is yani. Mimma yanihi. These are from the things that are important for him to be concerned about and anything to re that relates to that. Right? There was a person who had some, you know, uh, physical ailment. They had problem with their teeth and their gums and so on and so forth and they were saying you know uh, this is going to affect my marriage and so on and so forth is you know can I get a, a you know a, a, an operation to remove this there's something wrong with it. There's an abnormal growth in their mouth or in their tooth it just regular braces wouldn't fix it is it okay to get an operation to fix that absolutely you understand because it affects a person's you know this is a person's ma'ash it's a person's life to concern being concerned about that being worried about that, you know, chasing after that or, you know, involving oneself and spending time on that, this is all permissible. Not only is it permissible, it's from, from the things that, requ it's requirement. And all of the things that will give him, you know, will protect him, his necessities in the hereafter. Sadaqah. Khairat, fasting, prayer, salat with jamaat, transportation to get you to the... I mean, all of these things that relate to your everyday life, all of these things fall into the category of ma ya'ni. 
what is concerning a person. Any involvement that a person has with that is good and permissible, and this is from the perfection of an Islam of a person that he be involved in those things. Anything related to raising your children, taking your children to the park, right? involving yourself in their tarbiyah, involving yourself in raising them, you know, certain, unfortunately, you know, certain religious people, they're so disconnected from the tarbiyah of their kids. As if kids are going to, you know, get raised like weeds. That person is involved in his own personal or private life, and then the children are being, you know, brought up like, like weeds or like, you know, you know shrubs. That's, that's, that's not how could you... If you're involving yourself in their tarbiyah in any way that it might be, even that is an ajr for you, that is a matter that, you know, involves what benefits you in the life of this world. وَذَلِكَ يَسِيرٌ بِالنِّسْبَةِ إِلَى مَا لَا يَعْنِيهِ إِنْ سَلِمَ مِنْ سَائِرِ الْآفَاتِ And all of these things are so many things for us to be involved in that are beneficial. That should, you know, if you're involved in those things that benefit you, you know, you sh- it, it will completely, you, you should not, you know, when you are occupied with what could, should concern you in your deen, in your dunya, this in and of itself should keep you aloof from that which is useless. Involve yourself in those things that are useful. I always tell, you know, my son gets lazy with his homework. And he's like going on this YouTube video and going on that YouTube video. So I tell him, I said, did you do your homework? Nah. And he says, start your homework. And then you see like he's so busy with his homework, three, four hours that he didn't get caught up with, 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 with any videos. What are you doing? Or video game. If you get involved in that which is concerning, which is your responsibility. And I, I look at him and I'm reminded like so many people in the world, adults, because they're not involved in what concerns them and what is beneficial for them, they get occupied in those things that, are, that don't concern them and actually is this destructive for them. And they fall into this, this, these destructive habits. Because they're not involved in things that if they were to do it, they would get ajr for it. Even exercising, for example. Even taking a jog. Or even, for example, uh, going and, 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 and working out or whatever. Even that is a hobby that would be for your benefit in place of that which would be completely wasting your time. And not only wasting your time, destroying your health and destructive for your, for your life. وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْفَوَائِدِ الدَّالَةِ عَلَى حُسْنِ إِسْلَامِهِ وَثَبَاتِ مَقَامِهِ وَحَقِيقَةِ تَقْوَاهُ وَمُجَانَبَةِ هَوَاهُ إِشْتِغَالِهِ بِمُصَالِحِهِ الْأُخْرَوِيَّةِ And the fact that he is involved in these useful things, this is what will perfect your Islam as well. Because it says from the perfection of a person's, Mus- from the perfection of a person's Islam is that he involves himself in that which benefits him. But it can be the other way around as well. So a person's Islam is perfected, right? Or a person's Islam is good, so therefore he focuses on what's beneficial for him in deen and dunya. But it goes the other way around as well. Meaning when you involve yourself in those things that are important, you stay away from all this other garbage, all this layani stuff, all this useless stuff, in whatever way shaping for it, mental, spiritual, physical layani. When you cut that out from your life, it will bring to perfect your Islam. So it's as if this is a perfect answer to the question, how can I perfect my Islam? 
How can my deen become perfect? Your deen will become perfect when you cut out all of this garbage from your life. All of this layani from your life. It says, مِنْ حُسْنِ إِسْلَامِ الْمَرْءِ تَرْكُهُ مَا لَيَانِي فَمَعْنَاهُ إِذَا تَرَكَ مَا لَيَانِي حَسُنَ إِسْلَامُهُ وَكَمُلَ إِسْلَامُهُ It's such a beautiful way of looking at it. That when a person involves himself in what benefits him, his Islam will also be perfected. You involve yourself in your school. You involve yourself in your work. You involve yourself in your family. You involve yourself in cutting out garbage friends and trash friends and bad company. You know what will happen? Automatically, your Islam will fit into place. It's beautiful. Just such a small piece of advice that if we were to find in our life so many things that we waste time in, so many things that are time wasters, time destroyers. Right? We read some line from every line that we're saying from Bidayatul Hidayah of Imam al-Ghazali should be written in gold, should be written in gold. What did he say? He said, your life, every minute of your life is your capital. And every minute and second of your life is precious. And Every day that passes, that day is never going to come again. So imagine that you have only that day and no other day. He said something to that, to that effect. But in other words, layani, what it does, it wastes this capital of ours. It wastes this precious commodity. The most precious thing that we have is every breath of life that Allah has given us. That if this day you have not become a better person than yesterday, then you've wasted this day and this gift that Allah gave you. If tomorrow you're not going to be a better person than you were today, then you're wasting your life. Value this. Every day is a new clean slate. Subhanallah, look at how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. When you wake up in the morning, every day is a new blessing from Allah. Clean slate. Every day is a clean slate. Every day is a new day. Every day is a precious new gift that in that day you can do whatever you want to do. You can fill it with good deeds. It's like a clean sheet of paper that you get every day and you could write whatever story you want. Probably in every janazah when I'm told to talk, this is what I say. I say this because this is, this is the, the greatest advice. This is what I think about when I think about life. That Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَنُخْرِجُ لَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كِتَابًا يَلْقَاهُ مَنْشُورًا Allah will give you a book and he will be open for you to read on the day of judgment. And Allah will say, Iqra kitabak. Read your book. Allah didn't say my book. Allah didn't write. Allah didn't write the book. Allah wrote the taqdeer of knowledge according to how we are going to use our free will in the life of this world. Allah wrote it as he knew we were going to do it. Allah wrote it as he knew we are going to do it. And that is known to him because Allah has infinite knowledge. But you are the one who wrote this out of the free will that Allah gave you. Iqra kitabak. Kitabak. He said, Kitabi. Iqra lawha al-mahfuz. Alladhi ana ajbartuka alayhi. No, Allah, there's no jabr. Allah Ta'ala has his system. Allah has his plan. Allah has written everything before. From the infinite knowledge that he had about the actions that we chose to do out of the free will that he gave us. 
اقرأ كتابك كفى بنفسك اليوم عليك حسيبا you yourself are sufficient as a witness against yourself you, you take account of your own self today every day is a page from the book of your life every year imagine it to be a chapter from the book of your life you are the villain or you're the hero you, you're the one who writing it you're the villain or you're the hero and every page from your book that's a page from the book of your life every day from your life is a page in that book every year is a chapter in that book you don't know you might have 40 chapters or 50 or 70 or 100 chapters we don't know how many how you gonna how that book is gonna pan out that's that's your choice subhanallah I was speaking to Brother Rahib. He's here. There's a, there's a, there's a famous guy by the name of uh, Goggins. So David Goggins said, you know, he's a, he's a marathon runner. He has like the World Guinness Book of Records of all these crazy things that he did, you know, longest run and uh, the, the, the most uh, like world record of pull-ups. He did like 24 hours of just constant pull-ups. Yeah, he's like, the guy is like, you know, crazy. But... He says, one day I was running for my morning jog and I passed by the graveyard. Listen to what he says. And this is for us to take this in the He says, I passed by the graveyard. And you know, Allah reveals to certain people, that's not revelation, it's not reveal. Allah gives people understanding when they work on themselves. And he always, he, he, he himself said, I don't care what you believe in, but I believe in a God. I don't care what you believe, but I do believe that there is a creator. And imagine that you're going to stand in front of the creator and the creator tells you, I gave you this life. What did you do with it? Oh yeah, I, you know, I became like, you know, whatever. I, I ruined the gift that you gave me. I didn't live to my potential. So he's saying, when I was passing by that graveyard, this thought came to me that on those graves, there's people who live 30 years, there's people who live 50 years, there's people who live 70 years, there's people who live 100 years. But there's one common there's one common factor in all of those people. It's interesting. It's a point of wisdom. Somebody might say, oh, why are you quoting these people in your lecture? Because the Prophet said, The word of wisdom is the lost item of a believer. A word of wisdom is your lost item. Wherever you find it, pick it up. It's a word of wisdom. You can get that word of wisdom from Aristotle or Plato or David Goggins or whoever. If it helps you to get closer to your Lord, then it's useful. It's useful. So he said, I realized that there's one common factor in all the people that are laying in the graveyard. What's the common factor? He said, wasted potential. So many people lived in this world and they could have been much more than what they thought. But their own mind, their own fears, their own khawf, their own restraints. I, you know, people are trying to, the man is trying to pull me down. My dad hit me when I was a kid. You know, my mom yelled at me when I was young. You know, I was in a bad neighborhood. And so on and so on and so on. And we make all of these excuses and we never live up to our potential. And none of that is true. They are restrictions that we put on our own mind. And he said, if anybody wants to know, read my life. I was the most useless. And he 
talks about himself. He said, I was overweight. I was obese. I was beat up and abused by my father. I lived in a broken home. He says, I was suicidal. I, he mentioned everything that you can imagine. And he said, but I did not allow myself to trap myself in my own head. I didn't de creating these things that you can't do it because of this. You can't do it because of this, and you can't do it because of this. Who told you you can't do it because of anything? You have the same opportunity as anybody else has. You just got to work harder. You got to push yourself. And he says, I believe that. It's just that we create these boundaries for our own selves, whereas a lot of times people don't have those boundaries. And I'll tell you something. I see kids that come from Afghanistan or from China or from Mexico or from South America or from India, and they come like in their teenage years to America. My own uncles is a perfect example. Right? They came in their teenage years to America. I see kids that are born in America because I'm an immigrant. I'm not first generation. I'm an immigrant. I came here when I was a kid. But you see people who came when they're teenagers, they like, these, they're like mind-boggling. They got a job working like and they're doing college, and they got a job, and then they're doing like this degree, and then they're doing another degree, and part-time they're like teaching Quran, and a part-time they're doing the alim course, and part-time they're like, what? and then you see another kid, he's like born here, just playing video games, and you're trying to force the kid to like, you know, do your homework, become something, and the reality of it is, is that they're in their own mind, right, all of this ease and all of this comfort and all of this luxury, they've locked themselves in to all this layani. And this layani, it could be a mental state. This layani, which the Prophet is talking about, tarkuhu ma layani, to involve your mind with these, right, these, these, these obstacles, to involve your mind with all of these things that are not the objective, focus on my objectives. What is my objective? Focus on my objective and don't give up until I get to my destination. Anyways, subhanAllah, this is, a, this is a huge matter. And it's such a serious matter is that layani, why did the Prophet tell us don't involve and occupy yourself with things that don't concern you and don't benefit you? Because once you get into things that don't benefit you, those unbeneficial things will throw you into sins. This is another harm of layani. I'm in the internet, I'm clicking layani, layani, layani. I'm going to layani, layani takes me to shameless and things that are completely sinful. And it started with layani. It started with things that are completely, it doesn't concern me, it's pointless. It's just unnecessary information. And just click and click and click. And by the third click, you're in a place where you, you know, you're ashamed of, well, how did I end up in this shameful place? And this is one of the reasons that, as the Prophet said, that when, a, when the sheep, they graze on the border of that ranch, they were most likely going to fall on the other side of the property. You know, in the, in the olden days, they didn't have clear markings. So it's like this person's property and this grass, it was like, you know, they didn't have boundary or markings. So the Prophet said that when you graze the sheep near the boundary, they are 
much more susceptible that they're going to now go on that side. Similar is layani type of things. When you go and you graze on the edge of things that are, might be permissible, might not be beneficial, not beneficial, things that are just completely pointless and time wasters, those time wasters will take you, whether on Facebook, whether on Twitter, whether on Instagram, whether on TikTok, you know, whatever it might be, all of these things that are out there, they, they start where, right? You start in maybe something important, and then eventually layani, layani will make you fall into something that you yourself become ashamed. Where did I end up? And this is where the Prophet statement here is about layani. Anas said that a young man became shaheed on the day of Uhud. This tells us about the, this, this specific layani that I'm talking about. That, that young man became martyred. So on his stomach, when they lifted up his shirt, they saw that he had a stone tied to his stomach out of hunger. As the Prophet ﷺ in the battle of Uhud also had stones tied to his stomach. His mother wiped the dust off of his face and said, Hani Jannah. Congratulations to you, my son of Jannah. To which the Prophet replied, What did he say? Wama yudrika, wama yudriki, wama yudriki, la'allahu kana yatakallamu fi ma la yanihi. How do you know? Maybe he was talking in regards to those things that did not concern him. Very serious matter. The statement of the Prophet has been explained in a couple of ways. Number one is we know that all of the sins of the Shaheed is forgiven. Some say this could have been revealed to the Prophet later on as a blessing upon his Ummah that يُغْفَرُ لِلشَّهِيدِ كُلَّ ذَنْبٍ إِلَّا الدَّيْنِ That Allah Ta'ala will forgive every sin of a Shaheed except debt that he owes. Because debt is money that you owe. It's not a matter of Forgiveness, Allah forgives every sin. But now debt is related to حُقُوقُ ibad. يُغْفَرُ لِلشَّهِيدِ كُلَّ الذَّمْ إِلَّا الدَّيْنِ لِأَنَّ الدَّيْنَ يَتَعَلَّقُ بِحُقُوقِ الْعِبَادِ لا يَتَعَلَّقُ بِحَقِّ اللَّهِ الله يَغْفِرُ حَقَّهُ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانُهُ وَتَعَالَى لَا يَغْفِرُ حَقَّ الْآخَرِينَ Allah Ta'ala forgives his haqq, but Allah Ta'ala doesn't forgive the haqq of others. That person is in, in ihtiyaj. That person might need that hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars or whatever it might be. That haqq remains. Allah will not forgive until that deen is forgiven. So it's very important. Now this, this is a, this, the ulama explained this in it, that maybe he spoke regarding certain things that was layani. In other words, it could be that a person by speaking in layani, he falls into sins, into ghibah or into namima or into things that are not, not acceptable and not permissible. Two meanings of this. The first one is that this could be it was before the revelation to the Prophet that the Shahshuhada, all of their sins are forgiven. So it could have been before this. Another explanation is, The Prophet said it as a warning. And also to remind that a person should not say that such and such person is definitely in Jannah. To teach us, 
we should not say هذا الرجل قطعا من الشهداء هنيئا لك يعني الجنة يعني أنت قطعا من أهل الجنة and we cannot say that about anyone because we know regarding the shuhada that a person becomes shaheed and on the day of judgment he will be resurrected and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say what did I give you? Oh Allah, you gave me courage and you gave me shuja'ah and what did you do with the courage? I fought in your path and I became shaheed and Allah will say you lie. You did it so people can say you're brave. You did it so people can say that you're a warrior and you got what you wanted. But if you did not, you, but you did not do it for me. If you would have done it for me, you would have found reward with me. But you did it so that people can say that you're such a brave person and you got what you wanted. Now go to hellfire. That was a shaheed. So it can be that we don't know. So to say, obviously the ahkam of the shuhada are there. A person's found dead in a battlefield. It's in the books of fiqh. A person is found dead. He was fighting against the kuffar. He was found dead. He will not be given ghusl. He will be in his, he will not be taken out his coals. He will not, his blood will not be washed off. He will be wrapped inside of a kafan and then he will be, Salatul Janazah will be prayed and he will be given dafan. So, but like to say, yani, innaka min ahl jannah. You can say, we hope, Ya Allah, may Allah accept his shahada. May Allah accept his shahada. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him from the people of Jannah. There's very great hope. But to say like, this is what the Prophet ﷺ is saying here. But the point that he's saying, I don't want to go off topic. The point that's being mentioned here is what? The Prophet ﷺ just brings out a point saying, wait, 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 wait. First and foremost, don't say that somebody is absolutely from the people of Jannah. You didn't get wahi. You don't know. Never ever say, absolutely say, we have hope. Insha'Allah, Allah accept him. May Allah grant him maghfirah. May Allah make him from the people of Jannah. May Allah make him from the shuhada. May Allah accept his shahada. And the Prophet is warning us that this matter of layani is such a serious thing that it comes in muqabala to shaheed. Yani, it's such a serious matter that it can throw somebody into things that is major sins. In another hadith, it is mentioned, <laughs> very beautiful hadith. This is just live by this. This is such a word of wisdom, hadith uh, narrated here, that it is narrated that the Prophet said to Abu Huraira, Do you want that no pen, that the angels don't write any sin for you? Would you like that? That the angels don't write down any sin for you? Let me tell you the thing. He said, Naam ya Rasulullah. He said, Addi faraid Addi faraid Allah. Fulfill the faraid. Number two, wa kuffa anil maharim. Stay away from that which Allah has prohibited. And number three, wa da'il kalama fi mala ya'anik. And leave talking useless things. Imam al Ghazali explains. He says, Haddu mala ya'anika fil kalam an tatakalama bi mala usakata la sakata anhu. He said the reality of malayani, the useless speech, is that you should speak only when if you remain silent, there will be some harm. You should only speak 
when if you were to remain silent, there would be some harm. Worldly harm or ukhrawi harm. فَإِنَّكَ بِهِ تُضِيعُ زَمَانَكَ Because to this unnecessary speech, you waste your time. وَتُحَاسَبُ عَلَى مَا نَطَقَ بِهِ لِسَانُكَ And you'll be taken into account by what your tongue utters. إِذْ تَسْتَبْدِلُ الَّذِي هُوَ أَدْنَى بِالَّذِي هُوَ خَيْرٍ وَلَوْ صَرَفْتَهُ فِي الْفِكْرِ وَالدُّعَاءِ رُبَمَا يَنْفَتِحُ لَكَ مِنْ نَفَحَاتِ وَجْهِ اللَّهِ مَا يَعْظُمُ جَدْوَى and if you were to remain silent, Allah would increase and shower your heart with such blessings that you would be given great wisdom. And as is mentioned in a hadith, which is a weak hadith, it says when a person remains silent, and this is actually mentioned, when a person remains silent for 40 days, silent from things that are layani, Allah will make the rivers of wisdom flow from his tongue. When a person remains silent from layani, for 40 days. That's why some of the mashayikh used to do Sawm al-Sukut. This is Sawm of the tongue to rectify themselves from blah, 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 blah. Just like random, some people, their talk is just like, when they talk, it's just all I hear is blah, 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 blah. I don't even hear words, it's just like constantly. When you remain silent, Allah Azza wa Jal will bring the pearls of wisdom flowing from the person's tongue. Imam Marana Rumi said, he said, do you know how the pearl comes in the oyster? How does the pearl come in the oyster? He said, the oyster, it keeps its mouth a little bit open. One grain of sand goes in. When that one grain of sand goes in, it closes. And it keeps its mouth shut. And then it keeps its mouth shut for such a long time that that grain of sand inside of the enzymes of that oyster, it starts twirling around that grain of sand. And that grain of sand eventually turns into a pearl after many, many years of remaining closed. He said, also, pearls will come out of your mouth when you keep your mouth closed. And then when you open it, pearl will come out. Subhanallah. These are the beauties of the words of the Mashaykh. So this is the way that we perfect our Islam. Is all of those things that we know that is useless, cut them out from your life. And a person, after reading this hadith, what should he do? He should take a list of all those things. The words that we say. You know you have this app. It's a really good app. The, I think the iPhones, they have them. You can actually go and it tracks your time screen time and then you see for example oh my god eight hours five hours three hours screen time right so have that in your malayani have an app internal app of taking out all the layani things from your life in your speech in your life in your friends in your activities from the time that you wake up to the time you go to bed at night, take a schedule of yourself and you'll see hours and hours of your life you're doing what? You're wasting. May Allah give us tawfiq to implement what has been said.